Hey, podcast listeners, this is exclusively for you guys. Look, we're obviously in some strange territory these days and making sense of it on social media is becoming increasingly difficult. Well, we're fixing that with the Rubin Report community and I wanna offer you guys a free month of access with code podcast. Just go to rubinreport.com and enter code podcast to get a free month and join us for troll-free, lively conversation on everything from politics to food to animals. Plus, you get our full episodes five days early, the ad-free podcast, and much, much more. Just go to rubinreport.com and enter code podcast, and I look forward to seeing you there. All right, I am live on the YouTube. I like when, uh, whenever I say the YouTube, and then the commenters are like, he calls it the YouTube like he's an 80-year-old. Yeah, you know, little tongue-in-cheek, my friends, little tongue-in-cheek. All right, so uh, so there's a lot going on, as you know, as you are trapped in your house, uh, possibly alone, possibly with your family, maybe with some friends, uh, maybe with some animals. Uh, we're all sort of in the same situation, uh, whether we're in South Korea or we're in Italy or we're in Belarus or the United States or Canada or Mexico or anywhere else. Uh, there's various degrees of uh, quarantine. There's various degrees of lockdown. But there is something truly uh, unprecedented happening at a worldwide scale. And it's not that we've never had pandemics before, but the way that we can actually communicate through this, the way we can share information, the way that lies can spread, the way the truth can spread, um, the way that our leaders can guide us in a positive direction or guide us in a negative direction. There's so many things happening right now that are just uh, completely have never been done before. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we have a lot of people that are making real sense of it. You know, when when the IDW, the intellectual dark web thing was burning real hot like a year and a half, two years ago, the, the real key to the whole thing was it wasn't something actually that special or unique, except that we live in an odd time, it was just that we had a bunch of people who thought all sorts of different things, right? I always use Ben Shapiro and, and Sam Harris as the best examples of this, two guys who believe in completely different things at every level, from abortion to taxes to you know, the biggest questions about the universe and God and belief and all that, uh, that we were all just willing to try to make sense of the world together. Um, and I think that's really what we need more of now. And that's why I thought this week or today, actually, because uh, you guys know, I keep uh, a whole bunch of books. These are all uh, books of former guests on the set that I keep here. Uh, so you got to be a guest that I like if you make it onto onto the set here. Um, and I thought one of the things that I'll do is I'm going to be doing these direct messages every Monday and Wednesday live uh, is that once a week. I will, I will talk about a couple of the books that have influenced me, some of the people that I've talked to, and why the things that they write about in these books are actually relevant today. So that's what we're going to do today. These live streams are going to be about 20 minutes long, and I'm taking questions from you guys uh, at rubenreport.com. That's the only place we're taking the questions. We're not taking them on YouTube. We're not taking them on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Pinstagram or anything else or TikTok for you kids out there. Uh, we're just taking them at rubinreport.com. And by the way, you can get ad-free video and you get our full videos uh, five days early. So our interview with Brett Easton Ellis, which clip one went up yesterday on YouTube, the full video, the full hour-long conversation is already up at rubinreport.com, ad-free, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I want to talk about these two books. Um, I'll start actually with uh, with this one, 12 Rules for Life by, by Mr. Jordan Peterson. As you guys know, I was on tour with Jordan for about a year and a half. We went on uh, I don't know, some, something like 20 countries and 120 stops. It was an unbelievable 
tour, not only did I get to visit all these places in the United States that I had never been to, all these cities in the middle of the country that I had never uh, been able to visit before, but we went to, to Sweden and we went to the UK and we went to Finland and just all of these places in Denmark, tons of stuff up in Canada. And, and actually we were gonna plan to do more and then you know things got a little nutty. Um, but what I realized during the tour was that this wasn't just like some thing that some guy wrote so he could sell some books. It was something incredible. It was something that was actually bringing thousands and thousands of people together every night all over the world to take their lives a little more seriously, to sort of sit up straight, stand up straight with their shoulders back and, and confront the world in the best way they could possibly do it. And I saw night after night people that were turning their lives around. Uh, one of the chapters actually in my upcoming book, which finally I could say is coming out this month on April 28th, uh, is about what it was like to tour with Jordan and some of the lessons that I've learned and how I've incorporated them into my own life. Um, but I want to hit a couple a couple rules that that uh, that I don't talk about that often, um, but I think are, are extremely valuable right now. So <clears throat> rule number nine is assume that the person you are listening to might know something that you don't. And this is really interesting because right now we're, we're just inundated with voices, right? And, and our most trusted voices, our, our media voices, often are misleading us completely. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this one a couple days ago, uh, Rachel Maddow was, or about, about 10 days ago now, Rachel Maddow was uh, talking about how Trump, this ship is gonna come and, and it's gonna dock in New York City and, uh, and Trump was saying it's, it'll be here by next week and she's going on and on how it won't be there and that basically it was gonna be an extra hospital. They weren't gonna take uh, coronavirus patients there, but they were gonna take other patients so that the regular hospitals could deal with the coronavirus patients. And she kept saying, it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen next week, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it turned out that it happened like nine days later, but her point wasn't, oh, it's, gonna happen. it's not gonna happen next week or nine days later. Her point is he's just a, a liar and a buffoon. And of course it did happen. Um, and that's just one of, of a million examples. Um, you know, another one, Chris Hayes on MSNBC, he's been tweeting how uh, China is quite literally doing a better job at their coronavirus response than us. And then, of course, it just comes out today that th that China is fudging the numbers, which we all knew. Like, why would China be giving us their real numbers? Of course. So the problem is that when someone's talking to you, uh, they might know something you don't, but you have to be really careful about it now because the trusted names aren't that trusted right now. And one of the things that I've had the, I would actually say it's a blessing, a, a blessing of, is, is that I get to sit across from interesting people every week. And I always try to sit there as if they do know something that I don't know. And I think one of the reasons that I'm able to communicate a lot of ideas in a somewhat uh, simple fashion, I suppose, is because I take what a lot of these people say and I incorporate it and I compare it and contrast it to the things that I talk about and that I believe. Um, so I think this is one of the best things that you can do right now is when you're talking to somebody, assume they know something you don't. Maybe they know something about survival, so, uh, survival skills, or maybe they know something about fitness, or maybe they know something about, about gardening or something that is valuable right now that is valuable to you right now. Uh, but it doesn't mean just believe everything everyone says. It just means that somebody might know a little bit more, might have some value. And by the way, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, um, but in the last 
it's three weeks or so that we've been, you know, in lockdown over here. Uh, you guys know I got Clyde or we got Clyde two weeks ago. And so I'm walking a dog again and it's very different. I assure you walking a 16 year old dog with cancer to a, to a one year old, you know, full of life dog. So he's mostly dragging me. I'm not sure who's walking who, um, but there are so many people out on the street and I have met more of my neighbors in the last three weeks and now know people by name. Um, and a few people have recognized me and, Oh, your studio is right over there. Oh, oh, that's Clyde. I just saw him on Fox news. Um, you know, some, whatever. But the point is that knowing your neighbors right now, knowing that may, they might know something that's going on in the neighborhood that might be relevant, or if there was a crime in the area or something. Uh, so one of the little pieces of advice I would give you guys is to is to meet some people and talk to talk to the people in your immediate community. We don't do it. You know, I lived in New York City for many years. Many people uh, live in apartment buildings where there could be somebody next to you, literally in the apartment next to you, and you never say hi to them for all the years. You get in the air, elevator and you just stare in separate directions. So I think that's a good one. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to touch um, is rule number six, which is set your house in perfect order before you before you criticize the world. Setting your house in perfect order is seriously hard work. And I, I don't know that anyone is doing it all the time. I, I can tell you for myself that since this tour and in the last two years of my life, I've done a better job of setting my house in order than ever before. I've really been trying to deal with whatever whatever issues I have, whatever outstanding things I have with people and family members and the rest of it, I am not perfect at it for sure. Um, but I think mostly what we see in the, in the conversation online is people whose lives are chaotic. Uh, they don't necessarily know what they believe. They're not doing what they want to do in life. They're not in good relationships and all that. And then they're just expressing that on the rest of the world, right? They're, so it's like, if you get your stuff together, like be able to sit there again, stand up straight with your shoulders back, know that your stuff is basically in order so that when you're talking to people, you can do it in an honest and open way. And then if you do that, I think you can spark that in somebody else. And I see this all the time with people. Um, so, yeah. So, all right. So let's leave it at that. Cause, uh, oh, cause I've already gone 10 minutes and we're only doing these for 20 minutes and I want to talk about zero to one. So, and I think most of you probably have read 12 rules for life. And if you haven't, it would be, it would be good to pick up a copy now. And it, it sold something like six or 7 million copies, some, something crazy like that. Um, and, uh, and I, and I know that Jordan will be back and in good shape soon enough. So the other book that I wanted to talk about, which is definitely not quite as dense as 12 Rules for Life. 12 Rules for Life is a seriously dense, dense book. And this will take you days, uh, if not weeks, to read. And you're going to want to reread a lot of the sentences. And I was, I was reading some of it last night. And it's like a type of book where you could read three sentences and then you want to just go back and go, did I really kind of chew on that properly? This other book that I want to talk about uh, is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, of course, is the tech billionaire. I've had him on the show. We've actually become pretty good friends. And, uh, and he's a good guy, but I think genuinely one of the best thinkers we have and, and a contrarian thinker, a guy who took his tech company out of Silicon Valley because he was so sick of what the diversity memo and social justice had done to the thinking in Silicon Valley so that it couldn't make good products anymore. And that's what he cares about, making good products, doing, doing good business, starting new startups, coming up with new ideas. So he left San Francisco to move his operation down to LA. And believe it or not, in Los Angeles right now, there is an actual interesting intellectual circle happening here. You know, you wouldn't think of it. You think of ultra lefty sort of mind controlled, corroded Hollywood, but, you know, Shapiro's down here and Dennis Prager's down here and the whole Prager U team and the Daily Wire guys. Um, there's a lot of interesting people 
that are in this area now. That So there's something sort of breaking here. Um, so zero to one, the, the subtitle is Notes on Startups or How to Build the Future. And I thought I would just read the, the short back paragraph because I think this is this is the key and this is why I think it's I think it's sort of valuable right now in the midst of this as we're all sort of rethinking the way we want to react with the world and maybe rethinking what kind of job we want and what do we want to do with our lives and the rest of it. Um, so it's easier to copy a model than to make something new. Doing exactly, uh, sorry, doing what we already know how to do takes the world from one to N, adding more of something familiar. But every time we create something new, we go from zero to one. The act of creation is singular, as is the moment of creation, and the result is something fresh and strange. This book is about how to get there. So the best way to explain this would be like, if let's say there's Uber, right? We all know what Uber is. If you now create um, another app that does something similar to Uber, like Lyft, you went from one to N. You just maybe did something a little bit different. Maybe your algorithm's a little bit different. Maybe cars can get there quicker, something like that. But to go from zero to one is to actually create something that is truly new. So one of the examples he uses in here is like, the, the Bill Gates of tomorrow is not going to create Microsoft, right? He's not going to create Windows. He's going to create something absolutely new. Maybe it could be an offshoot of what uh, of a futuristic operating system or something like that, but it'll be something new. And the reason I think that this is relevant right now is because there is opportunity right now. Like most of, we're pretty much all trapped in our houses right now. We're really able to think about things differently. I know for a fact, I've been talking to my friends that live in big cities and they're talking about maybe not even going back. Uh, some of them have, that have left the cities in the midst of this. Um, the amount of people that are now telecommuting that are realizing, why am I spending so much time uh, driving to work, getting on a train, all of that. One of the things I write about in my book, my dad, who just retired at, at 71 years old, um, he took, uh, I grew up in Long Island. He worked in, or we grew up in Long Island. He worked in New York City. He took an hour train ride basically every day, five days a week for something like 40 years to go to work. And why did he do it? He did it so that he could, you know, have things so that he could have a house and cars and take good care of his kids and, and all of those things. And he did do that. Um, but those 40 years of two hour commutes, five days a week, adds up to something like two hours of his life. Now, my dad's actually pretty highly functional. So he would read and do, do some other stuff, probably napped every now and again, too. But the point is, maybe we don't need to do those traditional things. And I think the way we get to that now is there's a lot of people really thinking about how to change the world right now. And uh, and I would really recommend this book. I mean, this is the type of book that you can you can actually read this probably in one sitting, two sittings at most, and really think about how do we go from zero to one in whatever it is that you do. You know what I mean? Whatever whatever business it is you do, whatever you care about, like there's there's new opportunity out there. I don't know exactly what it is. I think I think what I'm doing here is a slight version of a zero to n, in that I'm using all of the capabilities that YouTube and social media and video and all of that have to present something honest and true and decent. That's a, that's a one to end because I didn't invent anything. The, the, the zero to one that I think I've done is what we're starting to do with locals.com, which is create digital homes for creators, which is completely against what big tech wants. Big tech wants you to be reliant on them. They want to own your data. They want to own your content. And you've created something really great with locals.com. And by the way, in the, we just closed our funding round. Uh, but we raised a pretty decent amount of money. I don't get any of it, by the way, uh, to run locals. And we're, we're getting a really nice response. The company's growing. As I said, we're hiring. And that, to me, 
would sort of be a zero to one thing in that I, I am not trying to recreate the internet as is. I want to create a completely new situation. So that's my little my little version of that. Anyway, I think both of these books, Jordan's book, 12 Rules for Life, in that it will help you with the tools that you need to sit up, stand, I keep saying sit up because I'm sitting, but stand up straight with your shoulders back and think of, about your life seriously right now. Like know that maybe you don't want to be in the job you're in if that's how you're feeling, but you just can't quit tomorrow because you still may have bills to pay and things like that. Like really take your life seriously. And then once you do that, I think you can start working on the stuff that Teal writes about here in, in zero to one, which is how do I want to put something into the world that is new and different? And can I do it? And he talks about how to do it from a startup perspective, but there's all sorts of ways that you can do it. Maybe you have just some little gadget that we all suddenly need because we're all trapped at home. I mean, there's all sorts of interesting things. So that's that. And then I want to do a little bit of, uh, of q and I know you guys asked me a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, so I'm only doing the Q&A, as I said, from the, uh, so from the subscribers at rubenreport.com. So I'm going to knock out a couple questions for you guys. And by the way, if you are interested in books, my book, which here, I'm going to get up for a sec. My book, this is a galley copy. So um, these are the ones that we send out to the press, which are out right now. Um, obviously, the, the real book uh, is hardcover, and there's a blurb by Jordan on the front. And in the back, there's actually Jordan and Peter Thiel and Eckhart Tolle and Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro and Larry King, quite a collection of people. Uh, my book is coming out April 28th. It's, it's what I think about freaking everything. Um, I think it's probably the best, most professional thing I've done. Um, you can go to don'tburnthisbook.com or you can get it on Amazon. There, I, I also did the audio book, which was actually super fun to do. Uh, okay, so there we go. And now let me just get to some of your questions. Oh, somebody, I like this one. I'll start with this one. Uh, Pink Adame Fox said, uh, I'd like to know what your th personal 13th rule is. Um, I like this one. Um, and I think you're going to know why I like it. Um, get a pet of some kind. We have one fish there. We have a beta fish. His name's John. Got him about a year ago. He's in a nice little 12 gallon cube tank. Nobody else. Beta fish. It's also known as the Japanese fighting fish. Um, you know, they don't like to be with other fish. They'll kill everybody pretty much. Um, but there is something about getting up in the morning, turning the light on in that tank, feeding that fish. Like it gives you a little bit of responsibility, but more important than the fish, obviously having a dog, like I got to take walks every day. So it helps on the exercise front because I've got to get that dog out of the house. Otherwise he gets the zooms and he's like freaking nuts. But not only that, like having the responsibility of you got to feed this dog, you got to make sure the dog doesn't have fleas. You got to make sure the dog has water and exercise and all the rest of it. I think when you have something else outside of yourself that you have to take care of, it actually forces you to take more care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing drugs and you don't have any money and anything else, well, that's, you, you can punish yourself, right? And you can starve yourself to death and never brush your teeth and the rest of it. But suddenly, if you don't have any money and you can't buy dog food, you might look at that animal and go, well, you know, it's, it's one thing to do it to yourself, but another thing to starve an animal, something like that. So I think actually having an animal, and by the way, right now we're all trapped in our houses. Having an animal is, is also comforting and fun and, and provides safety. You know, something like uh, there's a 90% chance something like this, a 90% chance that less chance that if you have an animal, a dog uh, specifically in your house, uh, that your house will be robbed. So there's a lot of reasons for it. But I think there's something about just like having responsibility for something outside yourself. I guess a kid would be a good one for that too. Uh, all right, just a couple more. Um, let's see. 
Uh, California's governor, this is from Torrid Lover, has released from jail at least 14 criminals that are murderers and rapists. Do you think this is tyranny? Do you think this is time to get a gun? Well, I also saw yesterday that New York has released 900 criminals. So think about what we're doing right now. We have some states saying you can't buy guns and at the same time releasing criminals back out into the streets. Now, have all these criminals been fully vetted, vetted not only in terms of will they commit crimes again, but have they been absolutely fully vetted, 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 <laughs> and has it been absolutely confirmed that they don't have coronavirus? Perhaps they don't have symptoms, but have these people gone through the testing properly? And now we're just putting these people back out into the population. I mean, if really, if releasing 900 criminals in New York City makes sense, then we have other problems with our prison system. Now, I agree we have other problems with our prison system, but the idea that somehow releasing 900 people will be such a relief on the system that it's worth taking that kind of risk is absolutely crazy. So well, to your question about guns, I think a lot of people are rethinking all sorts of stuff. I think you've got a lot of lefties suddenly going, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't have been as against guns because I want to be able to uh, protect my own family in my own house, which we all should be able to do. Um, I think we have to be very leery right now about government overreach at, at all fronts. You know, de Blasio, the mayor of New York, who's a complete lunatic, you know, he said this thing about if you are a temple or a church, he didn't say mosque, interestingly, but he said, if you're a temple or a church, he said, and you still uh, have people get together um, and we warn you, we could potentially close you permanently. And it's like, that's how is what law is that? What law is that? Now I'm for I'm all for like some basic guidelines and making sure people don't congregate right now and you, and you hope that people do what they're supposed to do. Um, but what if what if some group does it? Some let's say a temple or a church does it. They get 20 people together, and uh, and then what happens is they get closed. But then they decide they have new leadership and they're going to reopen. And now you can't reopen because it's permanently closed. I mean, this is just we really have to just be careful. Of there's a lot of opportunists who would love to have more power over your life right now. And we have to just be very, very careful that we don't just grant them power because we're a little bit scared right now. Uh, Jessica asks, chocolate or vanilla? The important questions. You know, I've been a chocolate person my whole life, but I, in the last six months or so, I've been kind of coming around to vanilla. Believe it or not, I've got a little vanilla oat almond cream in my coffee right now. And it's delicious. All right, guys, I've done uh, I've done the 20 minutes here. Uh, hope this gave you a little bit of sanity. Again, the books that I would recommend right now, if you're really thinking about trying to do something new, this is it, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. You can read it in a day, and it'll give you some really great tools. And if you just are trying to get your stuff together, so maybe you want to read this one before you do that one. Get your house in order first, then change the world. Uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. And then if you do all that and you're feeling good about yourself and you want to know what I think about everything, it'll be out on April 28th is Don't Burn This Book, which you can go to don'tburnthisbook.com. Uh, all right. We're going to keep doing these every Monday and Wednesday. Our interview with uh, Brett Easton Ellis, uh, part one is up already on YouTube. Full episode is up at rubenreport.com. It's a nice little break from everything going on right now. And uh, we'll keep going, guys. So I hope you're all good. And uh, if you want to communicate with me directly, uh, rubenreport.com. That is all. Good luck out there. 
Hey, Ruben Report podcast listeners, just a quick reminder that my first book, Don't Burn This Book, Free Thinking in an Age of Unreason, is now available for pre-order. In it, I show you guys how to navigate a world of outrage mobs, political polarization, and online censorship without totally losing your mind. Pre-order your copy now on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, or go to don'tburnthisbook.com and order yours today. 